Once again, we're going to give you the second half of our Daydreaming Degenerates Draft Day breakdown. We're going to be doing teams 7 through 12, and uh, let's get right into it. We're going to start with Mike, who drafted in the 7th spot. He took Michael Thomas in the first round, who fell all the way to 7, which he probably shouldn't, but with everything so running back heavy, that's what you see. Uh, Mike Evans in the second, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell. Mark Ingram, he took Rob Gronkowski in the sixth round, one pick before Darren Waller. Raheem Mostert in the seventh, Julian Edelman, Preston Williams, Mike Williams, Tom Brady, Nelson freaking Aguilar. Oh my God, is there any receiver I hate more than Nelson Aguilar? Darrell Williams in the 13th, followed by Cole Beasley, the Patriots defense, Matt Prater, and Danny Amendola. I can't help but notice there's at least two wide receivers on his team that shouldn't even be drafted right off the rip. But as a whole, what do you think of his team, Eric? I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Mike's team. Don't really like his running back. I think he's, his receivers are good. Obviously he's got Thomas and Evans, even though you can question the Evans pick, but I mean, I'm not going to hate on it. I'm going to, uh, I mean, he could have went Thomas Julio. I mean, yeah. that would have been a fantastic start. Yeah. That, or it, even Thomas Godwin. That that's my only problem with it is it's not that he has Mike Evans. I don't obviously I don't mind Mike Evans. He's a top ten wide receiver, at least he should be. But you know, you took Mike Evans instead of Julio Jones, instead of Chris Godwin, instead of Kenny Galladay, instead of Allen Robinson even. I just I I don't see Mike Evans finishing above those guys. And that's my problem with it. If you're gonna take a wide receiver there, take the best one. Take Julio Jones. Be done with it. Start your draft with Michael Thomas and Julio Jones in your one-two spot at wide receiver. That's set it and forget it. You know, you never have to look at it again. Steve, what do you think about his running backs? I've seen dumpster fires. I'd rather be closer. <laughs> you, <laughs> Melvin Gordon, going to a new team, new offense. It's still in the division, um, but he's being backed up by Philip Lindsay. So, what type of role is Gordon going to have? It, it, best i'm gonna say 50 50 share maybe you can hope for 60 40 but i don't think you're gonna see anything higher than that so you're really dependent on touchdowns for gordon loving on bell probably one of the best running backs in the league is on a team where his head coach hates him so his usage i expect to go way down they signed frank gore they signed uh, more depth with kalen balage i really think bell's role is going to be limited as, as much as i like the guy as far as fantasy value, I think he's really sliding, right? and you're really not going to be able to to depend on him. I think throughout the season, just because of how Gase is going to use him, mm-hmm. um, and then you follow it up with Engram, who is an older back in a young offense. Um, they're going to run a ton, but I think you're going to see Engram transition to the second back and lose a lot of work to Dobbins, who's a a younger guy and a much more talented guy uh, than Ingram is. Yeah, and Dobbins is balling in camp. Yeah, no, Dobbins is, he looks fantastic in camp. They're really high on him. So I really think you've got three running backs that are maybe flex plays on most rosters. And then you've got Raheem Mostert, who I'm, I'm high on, if he's the starter. But there's no clear news out of camp that he's going to be the number one. You, you may have a role split with him and Tevin Coleman where they use both backs because they drafted, I mean, they signed Tevin Coleman a couple of years ago to be the Tevin Coleman and, and take that receiving work and the third down stuff. So he hasn't been healthy right now. He is. I, I expect for them to use him in that role. So how much work is most are going to get? I look at all four of those running backs and I have the same problem with each one. How much work am I going to have out of my running backs? And, I mean, we saw last year where uh, in the playoffs, uh, Raheem Mostert went out in the NFC Championship game, balled, had a phenomenal game, absolutely slayed it. The next week, Tevin Coleman's healthy. He's the starter. And if Tevin Coleman hadn't got hurt, it's it's like Raheem Mostert on paper is better, but it seems like Kyle Shanahan, every chance he gets is going to go back to Tevin Coleman. And I, I think it makes them both somewhat worthless. Eric, what do you think about Tom Brady in the 11th? 
I don't mind Tom Brady in the eleventh. I would have. I mean, there's a few quarterbacks I went after that I, you know, I think I would have been all right with too. Matt Ryan went late. Looking at the list, looking at the board, um, I don't mind Tom Brady in the eleventh. I think that's not not a bad value. Matt Ryan in the twelfth, probably the better value because I think Matt Ryan and, and Brady are pretty damn close, and I probably would give the edge to Ryan. Yeah, but I don't. I I'm totally fine with taking Brady in the eleventh. I mean, Brady should excel. And he's got that Brady Evans stack that could be lethal on certain weeks. And Gronk. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a see that's my that's part of my problem with it is he has a lot of equity tied up in Tampa Bay. And if for whatever reason Tampa Bay comes out and falls flat on their face, half of his starting roster goes down. You know what I mean? I don't think I would want my starting wide receiver, my starting tight end, and my quarterback on the same team. You know, it's one thing to stack uh, a top-end wide receiver and a top-end quarterback, but he, that's a little too much equity to me. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's got too much tied up with Tampa Bay. The Gronkowski pick, while I, I like Gronkowski and there's potential there, I think it's way too early. And if Brady falters and stumbles a little bit coming out, there's way too, you just lost your starting wide receiver, your tight end, and your quarterback until they get moving. So I, I don't mind stacking quarterback wide receiver or quarterback tight end I don't like stacking all three yeah just because you traditionally lose one for the other so yeah exactly it's I mean how often are they both going to have good games Gronk and Evans you know and if Tom Brady just comes out and looks like a 43 year old quarterback then Mike Evans and Gronk go down a couple of pegs and you can replace your quarterback easy enough, but replacing a starting tight end that you drafted in the sixth round is tough, and replacing your second round pick is even tougher. That's why I kind of stayed away from Tampa Bay because I'm just I'm worried that Tom Brady's going to come out there and look like he's 43. Definitely a possibility. I mean, like I said, you like you like you said, you look at this team on paper, and it's like they should be fucking awesome. I mean, Godwin, Evans, Gronk. Rojo, Keyshawn Vaughn, the rookie they just got, um, Brady. Brady should, I mean, he's been, he's surrounded by weapons he probably hasn't had since what? 07. 07? Yeah, the <laughs> Moss days. But it's like you said, Brady's also 43. Is he going to look 43 or is he going to, is he going to be able to turn back the hands of time like he's been doing and maybe at least, you know, play at least somewhat better than may have last year? Last year was not a good year for Brady. Uh, last year wasn't a good year for New England. Period. Yeah, but I think Brady will be all right. Um, I I think I think the talent will help overshadow maybe if he has does have some shortcomings with with accuracy or deep ball throwing. I think they can help him for sure. That's kind of what concerns me though is that he didn't have a good year last year. You know, it's not like he's coming off uh, an MVP finalist season and he's just switching teams and you say, oh wow, look at all these weapons, he'll be great. I mean, he's coming off a down year. He really didn't perform all that well in 18 either. It's like, is he going to come out and fall off the cliff? Which I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he'll be fine. But I wouldn't tie up that many starting spots betting on a 43-year-old quarterback. That's just me, personally. No, I wouldn't either, Brian. I'd take the flyer on Evans where he was, and I'd leave it at that. Um, and I'd take a different quarterback. It's value where he got him, but I, I probably would have taken a different guy. Yeah, he should have taken Matt Ryan. He should have taken Matt Ryan. And Gronk going before Darren Waller is fucking insane to me. Absolutely insane. Brian, Gronk lost a bunch of weight. He had a year off. The back injuries healed. I mean, they say he looks like he did five years ago. Yeah, that's that's the coach. <laughs> Even the reporters, the news coming out. So I'll I'll give Gronk the, uh, the pass and, and say he's going to be – pretty decent i wouldn't have taken him in the sixth round ahead of waller there's no way i wouldn't have taken him before ingram hooper or fan i probably would have been looking for him in the eighth or ninth round because he probably he should have still been there i think the six is way too high for somebody that you don't know how he's going to look when he comes back yeah i mean i just i can't i can't find a way to justify taking gronk with darren waller still on the board if you wanted to go tight end there do the smart thing. Just take Darren Waller, take your emotion out of it, and take the best player. Darren Waller is by far the best tight end on the board at that point. To let him go by and take Gronk, I'm sorry. Especially in a crowded tight end field. I mean, they have O.J. Howard, who there's tons of reports that he's getting all the work in camp, that he's the number one. They still have Cameron Brait, who's a great red zone target. 
it's almost like I, I, I'm almost concerned that Gronk's there just to pal around with Tom Brady. I think Gronk's going to be the out of all three of them tight ends. I think Gronk Gronk will be the best of the three. Um, Cameron Braid, like you said, he's never really been more than a red zone target. Like he, you know, he's kind of was very touchdown dependent, at least in the fantasy world. Um, OJ Howard, yeah, I know the buzz is picking up a little bit for him, but I'm I'm not buying it. I'm passing there. I, I and I get what Steve's coming from, like Gronk. You know, they're just saying he looks good. He's had a year off. He lost weight. Well, half the reports say he looked good, and half of them say he looks old. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's mixed reviews on him. Absolutely. There always is. So, I mean, like I said, the coach says he looks good, but like, when, when was the last time you saw a coach come out and go, yeah, he's just not the same. I don't like him. He's not that good. Adam yeah. Wade. Adam Gase would. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. like the only one. <laughs> Arians is too much of a gentleman to uh, yeah. to talk bad about yeah. his players like that, but. but um, you, Waller should have been the pick in the six if you wanted the tight end. I do agree there for sure. Yeah. And I just got to slip this in. Yep. Nelson Aguilar and Danny Amendola should be dropped by the time I finish saying this. <laughs> yeah, I I was looking at, at Mike's roster, and if you go through, there's like half of his roster is either uh, people on the Patriots, used to be on the Patriots, or wanted to be on the Patriots. Yeah. And of them all, the only one that's still really viable where, they, where he's at is Edelman. In the eighth round, that's a pretty decent spot to take Julian Edelman in the draft. Like Eric said, Amendola shouldn't even be drafted. Aguilar. Aguilar shouldn't be drafted, but I don't think he ever would have played for the Patriots. It's, you know, we've already talked about the other guys. So I I, I like the value of Edelman where he's at. That that pick I do like, but uh, that's the only Patriot I probably would own this year. And even even him, I'm not. Even him, I'm not, really I'm not jumping off balconies to, to get him before he's gone. Um, I'll take a late flyer on Cam or something, but. Uh, Edelman really is the only one that has fantasy value to me in the receiving core. And James White, if you can get him late enough, but he went way too early in our draft. So, Yeah. So, I mean, overall, you know, he takes, uh, like we said, Michael Thomas and Mike Evans in the first two rounds. Then he goes five rounds without another running back, and he ends up snagging Edelman and Preston Williams in the eight and nine. So those are his wide receivers, three and four, in addition to Mike Williams in the tenth. What do you think about his wide receiver core as a whole, Eric? Like, even though I just said he should, Aguilar and Amendola should immediately be dropped, I don't think it's awful. Like, he's good at the top, obviously, with Thomas and Evans and, and Edelman and uh, Preston Williams. Preston Williams, he's recovering from an ACL injury, but it's kind of looking positive that he might be ready. And Preston Williams was actually playing pretty well last year before that injury, so, like, he could be a, a pretty decent ninth-round pick. Because he has those four, I think he's okay. It's just the rest of his receivers I'm not really high on at all, from Mike Williams all the way to Amendola. I think Amendola, like I said, Amendola and Aguilar are definitely his two weakest links. I would cut them immediately. I'd start scouring the waiver wire. There's got to be receivers out there. There has to be better guys than him. Yeah. Grab another receiver. Maybe you can grab one receiver and another running back. There's got to be. And I think his team will be in better shape. There's guys out there. They just haven't been found. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. What do you think about Daryl Williams, who is starting to sound like a, a bit of a sneaky upside pick? I think he's been in Kansas City for like three years and very few rushes, so I, I don't really expect that to change. Yeah, okay. I mean, that late, I don't mind the pick. You know, he's if he's going to be CEH's backup, I think he's worth it there, but... If, Brian. There's, yeah, that's the they, thing. They have if, like 15 yeah. running backs on the roster. Yeah. so there's just too many bodies back there. You never know. Yeah, I mean, at, at 13, it's worth taking a flyer on and see what happens for the first couple of weeks of the season. I, I don't mind the pick. I just, Daryl Williams has been there. He gets talked about every year, but this might be the year where they use him a little bit more. And next year, this time, we'll be talking about him again. So Andy Reid likes him. He likes having him on the roster as a depth piece, but I don't see him getting any usage unless they get devastated by injuries in the running back room. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we talked about him dropping uh, Amendola and Aguilar. Looking at who's available, you do have uh, Josh Kelly, Chris Thompson, LaShawn McCoy. Would any of those names tempt you, Eric? None of those names would tempt me, but I know LaShawn McCoy is going to tempt Mike. Because <laughs> I think he's owned him literally like, almost like every season. You don't think Chris Thompson has a pass-catching role in Jacksonville? He might. I mean, I... I think maybe Josh Kelly would be somebody I'd ride, I'd consider. I would seriously consider Josh Kelly. He has the potential to have a role, but he's also 
a handcuff to Eckler. And Eckler is good, but Eckler did have some issues in him there throughout his career. He struggled with injuries. He's a small back. Yeah. He's his his injury risk is higher than most. Eckler was a beast last year. He stayed healthy. He was a monster. So you could get somebody good. I think Josh Kelly would definitely be somebody I'd look to if I was Mike. Okay. So uh next we're gonna go on to Adisa, who was drafting in the eighth spot. He started his draft with Derrick Henry, Tyreek Hill, Todd Gurley, Odell Beckham Jr., Zach Ertz. Marquise Brown. In the seventh round, he took Jordan Howard, followed by Drew Brees, Mecole Hardman, the Ravens defense, the first defense off the board in the 10th round, Deshaun Jackson, Will Lutz, his kicker in the 12th round, then Corey Davis, Malcolm Brown, Gio Bernard, Frank Gore, and Chase Claypool. The only pick I agree with after Deshaun Jackson is Chase Claypool. I think there's some sneaky upside there. He might have to wait for it, though. You know what's fucked up? That pick was made for him because he left. Oh, yeah. He didn't even make yeah. that pick. He said, just give me the best available, and he was the best available. Oh, so yeah. you made yeah. the pick? Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice pick. I, 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 was, giving, I was about to give him mad props for it. <laughs> I don't mind the Gore pick, Brian, at, uh, with what's going on in New York as the 16th round pick. I mean, yeah, I don't you think it's terrible. Upside. You're not wasting a roster spot there, so I, I don't really mind that one, but. Between there and, uh, I mean, you got Malcolm Brown. That's That could be a sneaky pick if he gets a start because you, you really don't know what's going on in the Rams' offense for the running backs yet. That's true. But uh, Corey Davis should not be owned by anybody ever. <laughs> um, even Tennessee should stop paying him. <laughs> lay, lay him off. Let him collect unemployment. Uh, the defense and the kicker, way too early. Baltimore probably does have the best defense, but that's way too early. You think they have the best defense without Earl Thomas? Yeah, I think they're still pretty close. I do think that that's going to affect them early, but they have some younger talent that should be able to replace him. Okay, I just, I, I mean, number one, nobody should be drafting a defense in the tenth round. Period. No, and if you do, I definitely would have taken a defense that didn't just lose their best player. I would, <laughs> I would, I would have taken the Forty ers I would have taken the Steelers. If I was going to take one there, which I never would, you know, basically my, my biggest problem with it is he took a defense to begin with. And then on top of it, he took, you know, probably a top five defense, but he didn't even take the best one on the board. As far as I'm concerned, you just don't grab defenses in the 10th round. It's just that's that's not you don't win leagues by doing that. And maybe if you get extremely lucky, like last year, actually, Mike drafted, what, the Patriots, and it was kind of high, 10th, 11th, 12th round, and they actually really hit big. I mean, that was a big lottery ticket. They kind of fell off back half of the year, but they yeah. were still, they were literally legit carrying them to fucking wins. But that's what that's what those and defenses have to do to be worth the pick, yeah. you know? And that's that happens, what, once every yeah. decade? Yeah. Like that? <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen a stretch of uh, a stretch of defensive dominance like that in a long, long time. Since probably what the two thousand Ravens probably be the closest. I mean, that was silly. I mean, they they went through eight games playing backup quarterbacks almost every week. You know that was a big part of it. It was just shit luck. But uh, yeah, I don't. I hate that pick, and uh, I think his I think his bench really suffered for it. You know, because he reached up and took a defense and a kicker. You know, I don't like the Malcolm Brown pick because I don't think he's any good. I don't think he ever was. They had the chance to roll him out last year, and they really, really didn't. They didn't want to give him any work, so I don't think this year is going to be any different. Gio Bernard, they're talking about having a little bit of a pass-catching role, but at the end of the day, I think it's mostly going to go to Mixon. You know, coaches say what they think they have to say to the media. Frank Gore, sneaky upside. I think he could get some goal line work. You know, Adam Gase absolutely loves him. I think he's still, like, 62 years young, you know, so hopefully he can get his walker down the tunnel to get to the fucking bench. Chase Claypool is an awesome pick. I can't get over it. That's, uh, I think that sneaky upside. If he holds on to Chase Claypool, which is not a guarantee because he could be dropping him for an eagle as we speak. But if he holds on to Chase Claypool, I think that, they're, I mean, they're talking about him a lot in camp. They really like him. And I don't know if he carves out a role immediately, but he might be a guy worth stashing. And you can kind of hope for that late season breakout. He has plenty of other guys you can drop. You know, if he's making his waiver wire pickups, he should be able to get somebody else and hang on to Chase Claypool and see what happens. Like I should have done last year with Debo Samuel, who I drafted and dropped. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah, Corey Davis is who I see right 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 away that oh, I yeah. think should immediately be dropped for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. He shouldn't he shouldn't be drafted, period. Ever. Never mind in the thirteenth round. I mean, if he had taken Corey Davis with his seventeenth round pick, I'd give him shit. So obviously Adisa every year, Eagles heavy. He takes current Eagles, he takes former Eagles. Right now he has Zach Ertz, he has Jordan Howard, Deshaun Jackson. It's to be expected. But uh, Steve, what do you think about his running back situation? I think he started all right with, with Henry, and uh, I like the upside of Gurley in Atlanta if he's healthy. I do too. But that's that's really all he's got. I mean, Jordan Howard, him and Matt Breeder are both in that offense in Miami. They're both new to the offense in Miami. Everyone expects that Howard's going to be the lead guy, but Matt Breeder has proven in San Fran that he's a, a pretty decent running back as well. So. You've got a, a Bill Belichick disciple as your head coach. He's probably going to use both of them. Yeah. It's probably going to be another RBC. So you're depending on your third and, and really only running back to be Jordan Howard in Miami. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. There's definitely a, a severe lack of depth as far as potential running back on his team because you, you go down to the other guys that he has and they're they're not really flex worthy guys barring any type of injury, but even then I don't expect Gio Bernard to take the full workload if Mixon gets hurt. I, I Malcolm Brown might be the starter to begin the season, but I don't think he keeps it if he does. And Gore is, is touchdown dependent at best. So there there really is no depth as far as running back on his roster. So if, if Gurley suffers any type of injury, Derrick Henry gets hurt. Adisa is pretty much can can retire from setting his roster for the year. <laughs> um, Eric, what do you think about taking Ertz? And we both know why he did it. It's because he's an Eagles fan. But what do you think about taking Ertz when Andrews and Waller are still available? Um, I definitely would have taken both Andrews and Waller over Ertz. But it's one of those things that I'm not going to like throw a tiffy over. Like it's it, they can be close. That is I right guess. around Ertz's yeah. ADP. So it's it's kind of like you know he we like you said we know why he took Ertz it's because he flies the fucking eagle on his helmet yeah you know and it's like I think Andrews and Waller were, were two guys I definitely would have had over Ertz but Ertz has got a pretty safe reception floor he doesn't have a high touchdown upside like Andrews but he gets he's he's got a safe reception floor I don't hate the pick it's just not who I would have taken in the fifth but it's it's something like I said I can't really get too upset about because it's not egregious it's not like like you say, he's going around his ADP, so yeah, he didn't reach. Usually, he reaches. Yeah, he actually didn't. But we did. We did see all the tight ends in general fall. People didn't want to take them high this year. I mean, even Kittle and Kelsey went in the third, and they're typically, you know, the end of second round in most drafts. You know, Andrews falling to the fifth, Waller falling to the sixth. It's around their ADP, but they are a little low. They did fall a little bit. I just can't. I don't see. Ertz outperforming Andrews and Waller, especially with Godert getting better and better every year. He takes a little more work every year. And, you know, eventually it's just going to be Dallas Godert and Zach Ertz will be gone. He'll be somewhere else. Uh, he wants a contract extension. He hasn't got it yet. I just, I, I stay away from Ertz just for that because I'm, I'm, I'm dreading the transition to Dallas Godert. Steve, what do you think about Drew Brees in the eighth? with uh, the quarterbacks that were still available. Drew Brees in the eighth. You still had Russell Wilson. Definitely would not have passed on Wilson to take yeah. Drew Brees. I don't care who he's throwing the ball to. Uh, he does not have any rushing upside. Wilson does. He's younger. I think he's a better quarterback at this stage of his career than Brees is at his stage. Uh, the guy's also 40 years old, so I expect a decline from Brees, just being at the age he's at. So. I mean, Matt Ryan went way after Breeze. I would much rather have Ryan this year than Breeze. I don't mind that, that he took a quarterback where he took him. Uh, I just wouldn't have passed on the other talent to take Breeze there. If you really had your heart set on Breeze, you could have taken him two two rounds later instead of taking the defense. I couldn't agree more. I just uh, It's not that I hate Breeze. I just think that's too high for him. And if you were dead set on a quarterback right there, there were there were better quarterbacks to take, in my opinion. What do you think of his team overall, Brian? Overall, I think he has no depth. 
None. Uh, there's no wiggle room. You know, his his first nine picks have to start every single week or he's screwed. You know, and uh, I don't know how to feel about Miko Hardman. Um, With Tyreek Hill. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just looking at the same thing. I know a lot of uh, experts are higher on Miko Hardman, but I think he should have gone later as like a flyer kind of guy. Where he's drafted, he pretty much has to start him, unless you believe in Jordan Howard. Oh my God, he has Tyreek Hill. He does. That's what. Oh, I was, that's what Jesus, I'm saying. I didn't even notice. No, so he took he took Miko Hardman in the ninth, and he passed on Jalen Rager, who he could have taken to have somebody on a different team. Well, he's got the rest of the Eagles. He doesn't need Rager. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. I mean, if you have Tyreek Hill, I definitely would not draft Miko Hardman. Uh, I don't mind having players on the same team, especially a high-powered offense like that. But, you know, like we were saying before, only one of them can have a good game. You know, the only way they split even is if they're each getting 15 points a week and then there's no upside for either one. So, I mean, the way he's set up his roster, he has to start Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley at running back, Drew Brees at quarterback, Zach Ertz at tight end, Tyreek Hill and Odell at wide receiver. I mean, he has to go Marquise Brown to Sean Jackson in his flexes. Which might not kill him right away because I think Djax might actually be somewhat relevant at least in the beginning of the season. But once Alshon comes back, he's he's. Psh. And I mean, even at his best, Deshaun Jackson is boom or bust. You know, he's going to get you thirty points or five. You know, yeah, you don't want to depend on him week to week. And he's uh, just a headache. Yeah, I mean, he's the kind of guy you want to play the matchup and say, "All right, I'm going to plug him in my flex this week." Yeah. Like week one, it might not be too bad because they're playing Washington. He might actually be startable. I think he's flexible. Oh, yeah. That yeah, week. definitely. But I don't know who they're playing week two. He's a guy you you, you want to look at in DFS or, or best ball, but he's definitely not somebody you'd be looking to draft here. Uh, Deshaun Jackson has a pretty pretty tough schedule. Yeah, if he starts off with Washington, then he goes to the Rams, Cincinnati, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Well, yeah, weeks four through six are not weeks you want to play him. Yeah. So I uh, I definitely would be I'd be trying to find somebody on the waiver wire to go grab. And there will be a Terry McLaurin in twenty twenty. It's just yeah, you just gotta find him. Where Adisa is in waiver priority, he ain't gonna get him. <laughs> I'll take him. Steve will probably take him. Shane will take him. Ricky will take him. Yeah, it's brutal. Like the the back like the people in the back four with the waivers, well, back four picks, top four in waivers. We're all active. Yeah, you're all gonna so be paying attention. We're gonna be paying attention. So that's gonna bring us to our commissioner. Mr. Eric DeFusco was drafting in the ninth spot. He started off with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Takes the gamble on the rookie in the back of the first. Devontae Adams in the second. DJ Moore. Terry McLaurin, his man. David Montgomery, the guy he swore he would not draft. J.K. Dobbins. Zach Moss. Got Kyler Murray in the eighth round. Could be a steal. Damian Harris in the ninth. Justin Jefferson. Tony Pollard. Anthony McFarland. Darius Slayton, Olshawn Jeffrey, his kicker, TJ Hawkinson in the 16th round, and Denver Broncos defense. So, Eric, let's hear from the man himself. Right off the rip, what do you like about your team? What do you not like? I like my receivers. I don't like my running back depth because it's a little, uh, it's not set in stone. It's murky. What's Zach Moss's role going to be? Is David Montgomery playing week one? J.K. Dobbins, is he more of a sit and, sit and wait? Is he a stash? Is he a second half bloomer? Damian Harris, who's the starting running back in New England? Is it him? Is it Michelle? McFarland and Pollard, they're just handcuffs, so I don't even really... They're lottery tickets. I don't really even look at them as guys I'm going to consider starting because you can't. Yeah. They're lottery ticket picks. That's exactly what they are. Edwards Hilaire, a lot of people can argue, too, that I may be taking a gamble there. Yeah, I started out pretty down on Edwards Hilaire, but the more I think about it, the more I look at it, the more comfortable I was taking him in the back of the first. I probably would have taken Miles Sanders over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. What went into that decision? Because it was pretty controversial at the draft, people. Oh, it was very. So Eric put up a blank sticker. He's ready to write down Miles Sanders' name. And then at the last second, he looks over, he sees the sees the CEH sticker, and says, fuck it. And he puts the CEH sticker up. There was an uproar. People weren't happy. It was sketchy as hell. But Eric decides to change his pick at the last second, take CEH. What made you change your mind? I just, I looked, so I went to go write Miles Sanders' name, and I literally looked to my right, and I saw, the first name I saw was Clyde Edwards Alaire, and I just, like, I stopped, and I looked, and I heard, I think it was you, somebody like, he's, oh, he's going to take, he doesn't take guys with lower body injuries, <laughs> but he's going to take Sanders. 
And then I just had it all running through my head. And I'm like, you know what, man? I'm like, I actually think Clyde Edwards Alea's ceiling is higher than Sanders at the end of the day. You guys can argue with me if you want. I mean, I, I think it's a great pick. The upside is there. I mean, he they love him in camp. They're talking about his receiving ceiling. And, I mean, if if they use him the way they're talking about him, he has top five upside. And to get him in the back of the first is huge. Obviously, your wide receivers are awesome. Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin. Steve, would you have taken Devontae Adams there, or would you have gone with some of the wide receivers that went after him? Not a fucking chance in hell. <laughs> I honestly, I would not have taken a wide receiver there anyways um, to pair up with Edwards Hilaire. Where, you, where you're taking a chance on the rookie, I would have been looking for somebody like, I'm a little down on Aaron Jones. I'm a little down on, on Chubb, but I would have taken one of those guys instead of Adams just simply to pair up with your rookie so you have a, a solid running back to put in case he does flounder a little bit coming out of the gate. Uh, I know Eric's high on Devontae Adams. I understand why he took him there. But uh, I definitely would have would have been looking at a running back to pair up with Edwards Hilaire as my number two pick. But I mean, it it, it flows nice as far as as the wide receivers he has, the running backs he has, with the potential talent. The big looming question right now for him has to be, who's my second running back week one? Because it's not going to be Montgomery, who's out probably four to six weeks with a groin injury. And it's not going to be 100% when he comes back unless they completely rest him from now until they bring him in. So that, that has to be the number one question for him is who am I starting as my number two running back? I think you'd almost have to start Zach Moss and hope he gets the touchdown upside, right? I, I would either be looking at that or I'd be monitoring the situation here in New England with Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, and the conglomerate of running backs that Bill Belichick's going to put on the field week one. But yeah, I, I think you have to take the, the chance with Moss, most likely. And hope for the upside on that side. Darius Slayton in the 13th round really stands out to me. Olshawn Jeffrey in the 14th. Those were some fucking awesome picks at wide receiver. Obviously, Olshawn's on your IR. He's probably going to start the season on the pup. Darius Slayton was somebody that we've talked about before. I I think there's a real chance Darius Slayton could be the best wide receiver for the New York Giants. How do you feel about taking him down there at 13? I definitely got him at a pretty damn good discount. He was kind of in that Deontay Johnson territory, like a guy that Per the rankings, should have been maybe drafted four to five rounds earlier, but it was just like he just kept getting passed over. It happens every year. There's always a few guys. And like you said, he might be the best wide receiver on that team. I don't know if that's the case, but I do know this. Sterling Shepard cannot stay healthy. He's hurt every year. Golden Tate, he's kind of, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Does Golden Tate have an in, Is he injury prone? What no. Would you say? He's not. not. Really. He's solid. Pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. But he's, he's, they're different. Different receivers. Bodied receivers. Yeah, they're totally different. They have different roles and. They excel at different areas on the field. You know, Golden Tate's more that yeah. you know, short to intermediate guy. I think Slayton's more the big play, big bodied receiver. Yeah. I mean in the in the overall rankings, Darius Slayton is ranked ninety fourth overall. And you got him Yeah, he's well ahead of Yeah, what Tate. is that? About hundred and forty? Yeah. Yeah. So that's about what, five rounds? Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, it's a fantastic value. How do you feel about going into the season with Hawkinson as your only tight end? Uh not good. <laughs> I waited so long on tight end and I didn't so this is my stupidity I didn't expect so many people to draft two tight ends because I just like assume like oh most people are just going to probably take one and I think half the league has two at least yeah about that and it kind of screwed me because a couple guys I like later like Gusecki, uh Janu Smith I kind of liked later uh, even Jarwin you know um, they, they got picked and I kind of got to the point where I was screwed, and I kind of panicked, and I was just like, fuck it. Punted the position. I'm like, I'll deal with it later. Saw some guys later. I saw Hawkinson and Henry's name. I kind of had a feeling Hawkinson would come back to me, so I, I actually snatched my kicker in the 15th <laughs> uh, just because, I don't know, he's on Tampa Bay. I was like, hey, if Tampa Bay lights it up, he should be good. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't feel good about it. I really don't want to go out with Hawkinson in week one. So, overall, what would you grade your team, one through ten? Or uh, Give me a letter grade. A letter grade? I say B minus. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. Good receivers, you know what I mean, should be solid. Uh, lack of running back depth and too many question marks. Uh, great a great value at quarterback. I think I actually think I, like, I said with Kyler Murray, I didn't I didn't want to take him in the fifth, sixth, but I cut him in the eighth, and I was totally fine with that. That's around the time where I would have looked to take him. Yeah. Uh, tight ends, really sketchy. 
but yeah, I think receivers. I'm I think I'm pretty solid at receiver for sure. Oh yeah. And like I said, the running backs is just a, it's a questionable depth. What are these guys going to be? Are half of them going to pan out, or half of them going to be on waivers by week three? <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got Justin Jefferson who you can sit on and wait and see because you have enough guys in front of him that you don't need to start him. I love your running back core. I really do. I think you're I think you're all set at running back. The problem is just the first couple of weeks of the season. If Monty's hurt, uh JK Dobbins is probably not going to have the job day 1. You know, he, I think he will get it at some point in the season. Uh Zach Moss possibly the same thing. Anthony McFarland's a great handcuff to James Conner. Uh, I love taking him late. Uh, he was somebody that I had looked at, but thought he would fall a little lower. You know, so like I said, as a whole, I like your running back core. The problem is week one, week two. You know, by the end of the season, I, I think you'll be fine. You know, it's just a matter of uh, is it going to cost you a couple of games in the beginning of the season? And a couple of games can either get you into the playoffs or keep you out of them. Yeah, if you can make, if you can get through the first four games, like two and two, I think you'd be fine. You know, if you can somehow pull out a win with with the depth you have at receiver, I, I think by week four when Monty will be back, um, I think some of the other running back committees will be ironed out to a point where you can start guys with certainty, and uh, I think by then you'll be fine. So, I, I there, you have plenty of depth. It's just a matter of of startable assets week one. All right, so that's going to bring us on to Shane, who was drafting in the 10 spot. He started with DeAndre Hopkins. Suspect. Suspect, okay? Austin Eckler in the second. Allen Robinson in the third, which I think is a steal. I love Allen Robinson. Uh, David Johnson in the fourth. DeAndre Swift. Will Fuller. Marvin Jones. Matt Breda and Marlon Mack in the eight and nine. Uh, Round 10, he went Sterling Shepard. Tyler Higby. Matt Stafford, Adrian Peterson, Paris Campbell took Hunter Henry in the 15th, followed by the Colts and his kicker. So, I mean, right off the bat, I I don't know why DeAndre Hopkins went before, like, even though I'm personally down on Devontae Adams, uh, I think 99% of fantasy players would say, I'll take Devontae Adams over DeAndre Hopkins. I think most people would take Tyree Kill. I think everybody should take Julio Jones. What do you think about Hopkins at that pick? I think you can make the case for almost every second-round wide receiver to go ahead of Hopkins, even Godwin. I think I'd rather have Godwin over Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little, you know, kind of a head scratcher. Not, not Patrick Mahomes' sixth overall head scratcher, <laughs> but it was kind of like when I was – I wasn't expecting Hopkins. That was a little bit of a surprise. I, I, I mean, and I think Shane is regretting passing on Sanders because he kind of said something to me earlier that he's like, I should have started with Sanders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's a way better pick, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, Sanders-Eckler is a much better start than Hopkins-Eckler, in my eyes. Mm. Um, I, I think when you took Edwards instead of Sanders, it screwed him up because his pick was CEH. That, that's the guy he wanted, and uh, I think they, that threw him off his game, and he just went with the next thing that, that came to him with Hopkins. Yeah, so he did end up taking his running backs. He didn't go. He didn't take them early, though, so his— First running back is Eckler. Second is David Johnson, Matt Breda, and Marlon Mack. Uh, with Adrian Peterson in the 13th. What do you think about that uh, running back core? I don't mind his running backs. Um, Eckler's solid. Uh, David Johnson should have a, the majority of the work in Houston. He did pick up Swift, which is a good grab for uh, a, a couple weeks into the season. Uh, I think he'll be startable then. You'll, you'll know where he's at as far as uh, his role in that offense. I like Breda. Um, I think he's probably going to be uh, in a 50-50 timeshare with, with Howard in Miami. So you can flex him, I think, week one. Marlon Mack definitely is going to have a role in Indianapolis. Everybody knows that. It's just a matter of what the role is going to be. But I don't think you really have to worry if you want to roll him out week one. I think he's, he's still going to put points up for you as a flex. And he, he grabbed Adrian Peterson. So I think Peterson's going to give him some early season value, maybe while Swift um, shakes out where he's going to be. So you have a flex-worthy option, option, at least for the first, say, two weeks until that backfield sorts itself out. And I think it does within the first two weeks. They've got some tough matchups. So overall, I think he's got some, some good 
depth pieces at running back, a couple of solid starters. So he should be uh, – I think he recovered good from the Hopkins pick with, with the wide receivers that he took in the third. Um, but the with the running backs he surrounded himself with, I, I think he recovered from it pretty well. Yeah. So he waited on his quarterback. He ends up with Matt Stafford in the 12th round. I think Stafford's going to have a great year. I don't know what his upside is, though. I mean, it, do you kind of view him as like a middling quarterback that's not going to win you any weeks, but not going to lose you any weeks? Um. Not really. I mean, I think Stafford's actually going to have a really good year. I mean, he should. Um, my only real major concern with Stafford is that he seems to really struggle with the injury bug lately. But, I mean, that team's another team that should make a big stride. I mean, they got Galladay, Marvin Jones. They just drafted Swift. Uh, Hawkinson, you know, is he going to make a step? Is he going to take a step forward and actually do better than he did last year? The only thing that I hate with Detroit is I got to throw it out there is that Matt Patricia is still there and he's going to get in the way. <laughs> but I think Stafford will be fine. I think he, I don't think he's that. I think he's a pretty solid pick. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked about uh, Hopkins going a little too early. I love Allen Robinson in the third. That is a steal. This kid is a stud. I don't care who's throwing the ball because he's had terrible quarterbacks his entire career. Uh, I love Allen Robinson. Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Paris Campbell. Uh, Steve, what do you think about the wide receivers? I like his receivers. Um, he, he has a nice balance between upside um, and, and guys with consistent floors. I love Jones. He's a consistent wide receiver, too, every year. You, you could put him in your lineup. You'd never have to change him out. He's always going to get you about 10 points a week. Um, you'll have a few weeks where you get a little bit more. But he's got such a solid floor, you don't have to worry about it. The upside with Fuller, if he can stay healthy, is huge. I don't know that I like that uh, he's got so much injury history. But uh, if he can stay healthy this year, he, he should be fine. Um, and Shepard, I don't like Shepard at all. The Giants seem to think that he's their number two receiver. So you have to go with the volume that's going to get pushed to him. But... Uh, as far as a flexible asset or a bye week fill-in, I, I think he's fine. He's decent depth. I love Robinson in the third. If he's there, I'm I'm taking him um, over my guy. But to pair him up with Hopkins, I think you have two two wide receivers that you pretty much put in your lineup and never have to worry about. Yeah. All right. So that's going to bring us to Ricky, the man of the hour. Starts his draft with Miles Sanders at the 11 spot. James Conner in the second round, before Eckler, before Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, Kenyon Drake, so on and so forth. He takes James Conner in the second, followed by Adam Thielen, A.J. Brown, Mark Andrews, Stephon Diggs, Brandon Cooks, Deshaun Watson, Sony Michelle, Latavius Murray, Justin Tucker in the 11th round. Got to have that kicker, baby. First kicker off the board. Uh, didn't even finish in first place last year. Nope. I'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, Jamison Crowder, Snipe Steve, uh, Chris Herndon in the 13th as a backup tight end, uh, Seattle Seahawks defense, who I'm actually high on with the addition of Jamal Adams, uh, Naheem Hines, Drew Locke, and Philip Dorsett. So he's got two quarterbacks, two tight ends, and he took the first kicker off the board. What do you think about his team overall, Eric? He is hurting at running back, and especially looking at he has a guy already going into the season, Miles Sanders, who's got a got a lower body training camp injury. Was it a hamstring, right? Is that what he's dealing with? But then he follows it right up with a pick that really surprised me. Uh, was definitely a shock. Uh, James Conner, right on the quick turn. Uh, another guy who's really struggled to stay healthy a lot. Um, at least the past year, year and a half. And his receivers, it's he's got he's just all in. He's got all the chips in. I mean, he he is he's got Thielen. I think Thielen's safe. Um, but he's got AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs, Brandon Cooks, um, Crowder. Yeah, Crowder's kind of a floor guy. Um, I'm not gonna talk too much about him. But he, even Philip Dorsett's kind of a ceiling guy, even though I don't think he should be drafted. He's a he's a flyer. Yeah, he's a flyer. I just the whole the, I like I love Andrews in the fifth. I think that was a great pick. I just I think with Ricky's receivers, I think he went for too much upside. He didn't. He's got too much. He's going for the ceiling a little bit too much. I think maybe he could have scaled back and maybe taken somebody safer in one of these rounds. No, like a Jarvis Landry. Like a Robert Woods. 
you know, something yeah. like you know he's gonna have a pretty safe floor, and he and Robert Woods has a decent ceiling too. Maybe not the ceiling of like a Stefan Diggs, but and Tucker is a horrible pick. No team and no no fucking team in the NFL went for it more on fourth down last year than the Ravens. Yep. Why do you want the kicker on the team that goes for it the most on fourth down? Makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, part of me thinks that it's just Ricky trolling, like he just did it, so we'd talk about it because he thinks it's funny. I say more power to him, you know, instead of taking a running back there like, um, you know, Bryce Love, Duke Johnson, Anthony McFarlane, even Darrington Evans, Reichwell Armstead, you know, a a piece he could have really used, he decided to take Justin Tucker. So that's fine. We'll see who has the last laugh. (laughs) It'll be me. Steve, what do you think? What do you think about this wide receiver situation here? Um, It does seem like it's kind of all upside. Uh, and if they all hit, it could he could have the highest scoring team on the week. But oh, he could have the highest scoring team of the ever. Yeah, if they all hit. Do you see all four of those guys being consistent in any way? The only one that I see being consistent from one week to the next is probably Jamison Crowder. Um, Thielen has a pretty safe floor, but they just took Diggs away, sent him to Buffalo. That really hurts Thielen because he doesn't have another established receiver on the other side of him. Um, he's got two tight ends that are pretty decent, but I really think that Thielen's the one that's going to suffer from that. I still think he's fairly safe. A.J. Brown, I love the guy. I'm extremely high on him, but I expect a sophomore slump from him. Yeah. Diggs, I don't know what to expect from Diggs in Buffalo. I think he's got a, a high ceiling, but I think he's got a extremely low floor from week to week. And the same thing is true from Cooks. He is not a true number one receiver. Uh, I think in Houston what they've done is you have Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, Kiki QT. You have three receivers from week to week that are going to be extremely high ceiling, but, again, extremely low floors. They're going to disappear for weeks on end. Yeah, and they're, they're all pretty much the same guy. They're all going to try to play the same role. Yeah, they're they're all outside um, speedsters so I, I don't see there's no safe option here for him other than than starting Thielen and Crowder his and he has to start his wide receivers because half of his running backs are hurt all the time so then Michelle's hurt half the season James Conner's hurt half the season and Sanders is going in hurt so you you have to plan on flexing all your wide receivers to start the season yeah it, it's going to be it's going to be tough I do like the Andrews pick there. Um, I think that's probably the best place for him to go. And uh, I like the Watson pick in in the eighth round. It's good value there. If he can be the quarterback that he's been, I look for him to decline just because of the lack of people to throw the ball to. My my biggest thing is, you know, you're really capping your depth by holding on to both two tight ends and two quarterbacks. Um, I'm not completely opposed to it, but... If I'm going to start picking another tight end and another quarterback, I want to make sure I have all the depth I need. And if I don't feel like I have it, I'm going to start taking flyers on guys. Yeah, if I've got a bye week like like Eric's got Matt Stafford going out in, in week five, I'd take another quarterback just to hold on to to get through that bye week. But where you're looking at week eight, week nine, I'm not going to clog my roster with two guys that I'm not ever going to start. Yeah. You know, like I said, if I if if I had the running backs and I felt comfortable with it, then I start looking at more tight ends, more quarterbacks, stuff like that. But you know, like I mean, that's that's really what a lot of these teams did, really, uh, for the most part. But I just I wouldn't have taken those guys. I would have taken flyers on running backs because I I know I need the depth. I need to hope that I can find a diamond in the rough, like like an Anthony McFarland. You know, you grab him. You have Connor. You know he's injury prone. You grab Anthony McFarlane and take your kicker later, believe it or not. It does work. And, you know, your roster altogether is much better, is it not? Oh, absolutely. And it's like I just said, there's, there's, you, you, why, why do you want the kicker on the team that, does, that goes for it the most on fourth down? Yeah. If you want your team kicking field goals on fourth down, you don't want them fucking going for it and then converting it because then you're only getting stuck with extra points. Yeah. And it's like you said, Justin Tucker wasn't even the number one kicker last year. Who was it, Gonzalez? Uh, Butker. Butker. So, um, yeah, he, uh, whatever. Like, I'm not going to yeah. fucking bore people to death talking about kickers. Who gives a fuck? They suck. They're useless. 
All right, so that's going to bring us on to the 12 spot. Our good friend Steve was drafting in the last spot of the draft. He was hoping to get some running backs, and boy, did he ever. So Steve started off with Josh Jacobs. Then he took Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor in the third, which is uh, a little high for me, uh, Cooper Cup in the fourth, Kareem Hunt in the fifth, Michael Gallup, Hayden Hurst, Tariq Cohen, Alexander Madison. Uh, in the tenth, he took Jalen Rager, followed by Anthony Miller, Mike Gusecki, Gardner Minshew, Brandon Ayuk, Benny Snell, the Bears, and the kicker. So in the first nine rounds, you took six running backs, Steve. Obviously, you must feel pretty good about that depth, right? Absolutely. You can't have too many running backs, with, uh, especially with two flexes, the way they get hurt. And with so many of them being in RBBC now, uh, you really can't have too many running backs to plug in from week to week. Yeah, I would definitely say that out of every team, you by far have the best running back situation. That's not even close. Uh, he's loaded because he's got not only, I mean, he's got Tariq Cohen as his RB5. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He'd probably be a starter on like half these teams. He took six running backs in the first nine rounds, and maybe the exception of Madison, any one of them would be a starter on any team, whether it be in the running back spot or the flex spot. So, I mean, who could argue? I mean, they're, I mean, these running backs are falling into your lap, but uh, you obviously had to sacrifice wide receiver depth. How do you feel about that situation? I have solid floors um, with Cup and Gallup and huge upside from both. I would love to have another wide receiver that I could have picked up later. Um, I would I would have liked to have taken uh, Jamison Crowder. I thought I could have let him fall another round. I was mistaken in that. And when it came back around to me on the 13th, uh, there just wasn't really anybody I wanted to take above taking a quarterback at that point. I would not have sacrificed any of the running backs I took to pick up a different receiver. So I took Ragor because I think he has a, a role in Philadelphia. I think by midseason, he's probably going to be the number one receiver there, even with Alshon coming back sometime early in the season. And then I think Anthony Miller has a fairly safe floor. As much as I'm down on Chicago's quarterbacks, I still think that they're going to be able to support two fantasy wide receivers. And I think Miller's that guy. So I definitely would love to have another wide receiver mm-hmm. just for depth. But uh, I, I wouldn't have changed where I took the running backs I took just just because I have running backs that have roles on every on their teams right now that can be started at any point mm-hmm. and, and still put up points. Yeah, I mean, you know, your your fourth and fifth running backs are Kareem Hunt and Tariq Cohen, and they both have a chance to finish inside the top twenty four at their position. I mean, that's that's a great spot to be in. Uh, you are definitely well insulated from injury. And and he has, uh, depending how it pans out for him, he's going to have some really nice trade chips if if something you know what I mean. If Steve needs to upgrade a wide receiver. Oh, for say, sure. Like you said, Cohen and Hunt are panning out in their top 24 at their position. That's a, that's a good value. I mean, that, that's that's a nice piece to have. and They ain't going to be cheap. You know, you're getting a top 24 running back, and you know you need a receiver. You're going to get something good in return. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you'll get a better receiver than you're giving up at running back yeah. because of the scarcity of the position. Just uh, nobody likes to trade in this league. But. No, that's true, but we have seen it. So you took Hayden Hurst in the seventh round, and then you took Gasecki in the twelfth. Um, what made you want to uh, stack up a second tight end? They're both receiving tight ends. Um, we know where I feel about Hayden Hurst as being a top five. I look at Gasecki being a top ten, and at any given week, I can plug him in in a flex spot as a wide receiver. So where I was lacking in the depth, I felt. I could make up for with a tight end if I have to start him here and there. It also gives me a, a good bye week fill-in. If something happens as far as Hurst going down with COVID or something like that, I'd like to have a viable option at a position that's extremely thin for those options. Typically, I do not ever roster a second tight end. Mm-hmm. But uh, circumstances are a little bit different this year Yeah, with the potential for somebody to go out for a couple of weeks. So. I'd rather have an option that I feel safe putting in the, into my roster than searching the waiver wire for a guy that might put up four or five points. You took a late flyer on Brandon Ayuk, 
What do you think his upside really is? I think in that offense, um, they they can't seem to keep their wide receivers healthy. So from one week to the next, IU could be anywhere from their wide receiver one to their wide receiver four. Um, they don't know who the clear follow-up wide receiver is going to be behind Debo Samuel when he gets on the field. Uh, there's a lot of talk of all of the different wide receivers that were there last year. None of them really have stepped forward to be that number two. Uh, Jalen Hurd is out again. Uh, I don't I don't foresee him ever seeing a football field at this point. Trent Taylor is not a fantastic receiver. So I think Ayuk potentially could end up being the wide receiver two there from week to week. How much is that going to garner for fantasy value? It depends on how much San Francisco is really going to start throwing the ball to somebody other than Kittle or Debo Samuel or dump offs to the running backs. But it's a piece I'll take in the 14th round to have a piece of that offense um, and take a flyer on. It's a little bit of depth that could pan out. And if it doesn't, I really, I really didn't lose a whole lot. I would have probably taken Paris Campbell instead, but uh, worth a shot. Yeah, I don't hate it. I just, uh, I worry he kind of plays the same role as Debo Samuel. So by the time he's developing, Debo should be back. I don't know. I mean, obviously they drafted him for a reason, you know, like they didn't draft him to be Debo Samuel's backup. And Kyle Shanahan's a very innovative offensive mind. You know, he might have a role for him where he thinks he can put, you know, two Debo Samuel types out there and run his offense through that. And it'd be interesting to see. I just, I can't see how it's going to work, but that's why I'm not an offensive head coach in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not I'm not married to the guy. You know what I mean? If he doesn't pan out in the first few weeks, he he can be waiver wire trash and, and uh I'll pick up somebody else. It was just worth taking a shot on him. Uh there's probably a couple other guys in hindsight that I should have taken the better shot on, but I I expected they would have gotten back to me. Yeah, well I mean, you know, where you need upside at wide receiver i like the pick you know i mean if if like i said if anybody can do it it's kyle shanahan so you're really looking for that upside at the position so to take a flyer on iuke and you know wait a month see how it see how he's working out i i i love the pick i don't mean to question it like i like i think it was stupid with your roster situation i think it's a great pick yeah i like iuke where he's at and even if iuke's only going to be like a, a kind of a situational temporary player like once Debo like you said once Debo comes back is his role gonna get uh kind of knocked back is he not gonna be on the field as much um because I think Debo is almost for certain starting on the pup it sounds like uh, that could have changed but that at least leaves Ayuk open for six weeks and like you said if Ayuk takes off and he actually starts producing well that wide receiver room in, in San Fran has just kind of been a fucking mess yeah between Dante Pettis he hasn't really panned out like uh, Steve said, Jalen Hurd is already out. Uh, Trent Taylor, he's struggled. And who else do they even have? That's pretty much it, right? I can think of off the top of my head. There's Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's like the only one I've seen. Debo they have slotted into the Y um, receiving slot. Ayuk and, and Bourne are your X receivers. And then they have Trent Taylor and Tavon Austin filling in at the slot. So I still think Ayuk has a role as an outside receiver when Debo comes back. I think he's the guy opposite him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of, for me in San Francisco, how much volume of your passing targets are going to somebody other than George Kittle. We know Debo's going to have a role. We know he's going to get some some work. Other than that, how much of the 400 completed passes from Jimmy Garoppolo are going to Ayuk? Debo and and the other conglomerate of wide receivers and the running backs because you know Kittle's getting his hundred. Oh yeah. So th- that that's in, that's established. Everybody knows it. So now you're fighting over less than three hundred target, uh, less than three hundred receptions. So it, it's a great flyer. I, I also was kind of hoping Steve Sims made it back to me in the next round. It was a gamble. It didn't happen. Uh, that was going to be my additional depth. But uh, I, I'm all I'm good with the A. Pick, like I said, I'm not married to it. If it doesn't work out, uh, he'll he'll be on the waiver wire. But to take a flyer in that offense, I'll, I'll take it, especially with the upside that could be there. You can blame me for the Steve Sims. Jared was going to take some buffoon, and I'm like, dude, why you stop? <laughs> I'm like, at least take this guy. He's like, who the hell's that? I'm like, he might be one of only two receivers on the team, so I take my shot on him instead of the fifth option. Yeah, I saw that. 
but you, I mean, you got to help the guy out because I, I know who he was picking and it wasn't yeah. going to be good. So that was a horrible pick. I can't remember who it was, but. All right, so that is going to finish the breakdown of every team. Real quick, who do you think had the best draft? The best draft is really hard for me to pick. It's not as hard for me to pick the best as it is the worst because I got my worst is upset. I'm going to call it a tie between. Nah, fuck that. I'm going with Justin. So that was my initial pick. I'm going to stick with Justin. I'd say Steve's right behind him just because that running back depth is awesome. Um, even if even if Steve's receivers did kind of suffer a little bit, I think that running back depth should kind of offsets that in a way. And like if Gallup and Cup do hit, he'll be fine. But yeah, I'd say Justin. I think Steve's right behind him. You know, obviously, I think you had a good draft as well. I think I had a good draft, considering. Yeah. But yeah, if I had to pick one, I'm gonna go with Justin. I'm gonna agree with Eric just because of my lack of wide receiver depth. Um, I think it's very close. I think Justin and mine are both right there. I think yours and, and Eric's are both very close. I think it's it's pretty tight for the top four. It, it, one injury could really offset each of our rosters to the point where uh, the other three just jump right up. So I, I think me, you, Eric, and uh, and Justin are all very close. Well, I am, uh, I'm going to break from you guys, and I'm, I'm going to pick myself. I really love this team, and I don't mean to sound like a conceited asshole, and last year I refused to pick myself, even though I thought I had the best draft, and I was right. So, I mean, I love my running backs. I know that not everybody believes in Antonio Gibson or A.J. Dillon or Boston Scott like I do, but I believe in them, which is probably why I'm higher on my team than you guys are. You know, I believe in those guys, so if I'm right, I definitely have the best team, and if I'm wrong, then not only do I not have the best team, I'm completely screwed. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> You'll be making trades, You're trying to swing some trades for sure. Um, you know, I have, I have, a, I feel like I have a ton of upside at wide receiver. I feel like I have good depth at running back. I love the rushing floor of Joe Burrow. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be top ten. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick myself. I'm gonna be that guy. All right, Eric. Here it is. Worst draft. I hate to say it, but it's Nate. Really? He's got too much engine on Acres. Running back depth is not there. Um, drafted Debo. I like Debo. We drafted him a little bit too high, and then he drafted another Samuel in the ninth, which, like I've kind of already said, considering you drafted Cook. I'm not a big fan of handcuffing your own guys, but Dalvin Cook is one I would make an exception for. Should have taken Madison there, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Uh, I'm not really a big John Brown guy. I, I Pittman, I guess, is worth a shot, but it's it's, it's the running back depth. It's just it's too glaring, and it, it's literally I feel like it's it's Acres is going to make or break his team because he is fucked. If Akers does not pan out. Completely. And if Dalvin Cook gets hurt. And if Dalvin Cook gets hurt. I mean, if if Dalvin Cook tears his ACL tomorrow, he is starting Duke Johnson. Every single week for the rest of the season, he is starting Duke Johnson. That's a scary thought. I'm going to go with Jared. Really for the same reasons that uh, we're talking about with Nate. Just a lack of running back depth. I mean, Mahomes can't carry his whole team from week to week. Aaron Jones or Devin Singletary gets hurt. You're starting carry on Johnson, and you really can't depend on that. So I have to go with Jared. <laughs> right down the line, I'll take Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Michael Thomas is a great pick. Love it. Mike Evans, I you would have been so much better off taking Julio or Godwin. I don't like that pick. Uh, Melvin Gordon, I think, is in a 50-50 split. He shouldn't have gone that high. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is in a complicated situation in New York where he has all the talent in the world and his coach doesn't want to play him for whatever reason. Mark Ingram's a solid pick where he's at, but I mean, we all agree that there's a chance he could lose his job at some point in this season, right? Yeah, he might just be a temporary starter. I don't believe in Gronk like some people do. If you wanted a tight end there, you should have taken Waller. I I try to stay away from that San Fran backfield altogether. So I, I don't like drafting Mostert. Uh, he fell so far that I can't blame him for taking him. I, I would have been tempted if I was in his situation as well. Just all around, I just I don't see, I don't see solid running back depth. I don't see solid wide receiver depth. Uh, I think his tight end is suspect. I just uh, overall, I just don't like his team. I mean, he has multiple players on his team that shouldn't even be drafted. I, I'll take Mike. I think Mike had the worst draft. So suck it. All the middle guys, five, six, seven, right down the line. Hey, weren't we saying before the draft you really want to be on one end or the other? Yeah. The middle is tough. It sucks. Yeah. 
Who did, did I did I did I pick Nate last year? Or was that you? I'd have to listen to it. I don't recall. One of us picked him. He's gonna be pissed. You guys <laughs> picked me two years I in think, a row. I think it was Nate last year. I think you guys picked him. Did you pick Nate and I picked Ricky? I think you. Yeah. Yeah, that I sounds know, back about to back right. years. I picked Nate. I don't think I'm picking on him. Hey, and last year yeah. he made the playoffs. He did. So who had the last laugh? Prove him wrong, Nate. You just gotta you gotta be active on that waiver wire. You gotta keep your eye out for running backs, kid. That's what you need. Yeah, definitely running back. Your your wide receivers are pretty solid. You need a running back. I'd even look around, try to there's there's, there's guys out there that I think that me you know some people may not have noticed. I would definitely be looking to drop Deion Lewis. Yeah, definitely. I think so too. To pick up a guy that at least has a little bit more upside. I got a quick one. I don't really want much input. Just. What was the shock pick of the draft? Was it Mahomes sixth overall for you guys? Mahomes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's what I agree with. Connor's not is close, but it's not that close. Like Mahomes sixth overall is definitely the shock pick of the draft for me. Yeah, that that blew me away. And I gotta tell you, for for me, I, I mean James Connor, I think is a bad pick. But for me, DeAndre Hopkins being the second one wide receiver off the board, that was up there, really up there. I just can't I can't figure out how to justify it. I I hate that pick. And uh, I think now he knows he made a mistake. He was panicking, you know. He, yeah, I threw I, I threw him in a tail. He didn't know what to do. Yeah, I had him all discombobulated. Uh, he he was tilting bad. All right, so that's gonna wrap up the draft recap. Thank you guys for listening. Please reach out to us. We have the uh, voicemail set up at five zero eight three four three eight zero one zero. We want to hear from you guys. Tell us if we're right. Tell us if we're wrong. Justify your picks. Start dogging on our teams if you want. We'll play it on the show. We don't care. We can be reached by email at dddfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and have a good day. Thanks for listening, guys. This is our draft recap. Can't wait, man. Football is almost here. Week and a half. Let's go.